It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast on a Tuesday with plenty going on as we head into the month of December here. Of course, the podcast brought to you by our friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies to a variety of ailments. You can check them out online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com, or you can visit one of their four locations in East Tennessee, including the Knoxville location, which is right across from Trader Joe's. If you visit them in store, uh, be sure and mention VolQuest to them, and you'll get 15% off your total purchase in store. That is Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store. With Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hobbs. Glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday edition of the podcast. Austin, Tennessee finishes the season with seven wins. That's something we all expected. Uh, what is your overriding arc, overriding takeaway from this football season as Tennessee heads into to bowl preparations and a bowl game? Obviously, there's a chance to win another game. But just looking at the regular season from, you know, really overriding arc from Josh Heupel's first seven, eight months on the job, what's your biggest takeaway from this fall? Well, for me, it's just that, you know, these kids kind of bought into what Coach Heupel and, and company preached. You know, we said the whole time, hey, you can't build everything off of playing home run derby and dodgeball and all that stuff. Um, but it was it was something that mattered because I think the kids bought into that. You know, Jabari Small, um, when he was out for, I believe it was the locker room uh, a couple of weeks ago, said that, you know, it, the first padded practice was, it was a huge eye-opener for him. Um, just, you know, how they coached, um, the way they coached. And, other, and, and I took that to mean like, you know, they, they coached them up. They were, they were hard on them, but they, were, they weren't harsh on them. Like, you know, it, there was a level of loving to it as well. So um, I think that was a, a change uh, for, the, for several guys that were here pre-coaching change and then post-coaching change. And um, like I said, just the buy-in. Those, those kids, you know, to this point, um, have done anything that the, the staff need them to do um, as a collective unit. Rob, what's your what's your overriding takeaway from, from this regular season? Again, that, I mean, I know there's a bowl game to play, so it's not like the season's gone to bed, but what, what's your overriding takeaway from this fall? I just think that it's hard not to look at this year and, and not feel like Tennessee's headed in the right direction, definitively. Not like you kind of think they are, not like, you know, you can – twist some things around and, and, you know, make an argument that they are, I mean, based on the body of work, it, it feels like they're headed in the right direction. They beat, I mean, we've all talked about it. They beat the four teams that you've got to beat. If you, if you're Tennessee, you know, you, you, you've got to establish that you're better, you're a better pro than, than Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Missouri. That just, that has to happen. They did that. I can't remember. I mean, the Kentucky game was a close one. The other three were just abject blowouts. And, you know, they're clearly not ready to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Alabama and Georgia yet, but at different, you know, that's a one-touchdown game against Alabama. They they had the lead on Georgia in the first half. I mean, you could see progress there. I mean, it's still there's, – there's still a lot of distance to be made up, but, it, you know, you, you could you get the feeling that maybe you, you have a guy and a staff here now that – it's more it's 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 really kind of just about recruiting is is that vibe more prevalent because they were such a, an offensive successful team you know, yes in my com opinion compared to compared to a team that played 
really good defense in their first year. Is it more, is it easier to have that feeling that things are in the right direction when you're going to, you know, likely set a record for points by, by a Tennessee offense when you factor in the bowl game, Rob? I, I, that's a hard yes for me. And I, I don't think it's just because of Tennessee scoring points. I think it's when you're, you know, somebody that follows college football, you look around the landscape, it's you, you're not winning with defense anymore. I mean, Georgia may prove to be an exception this year, maybe. That's yet to be determined. But you look at Alabama last year, LSU the year before. I mean, those are teams scoring averaging 40-plus points a game, which, I mean, even, golly, 10, 15 years ago, that, I mean, I have to go back and look at the numbers, but I think that's probably unprecedented in this conference. Well, and, and don't you think, too, that, I mean, coaching changes happen because teams can't score versus versus coaching changes happening because they can't stop anybody. I mean, if you can't stop anybody, you go get a different defensive coordinator in most cases, right? But but if you can't score and you don't have an offensive plan going the right direction, then generally you change your head coach. Because yeah, you know, I, I think that's pretty much the way college football is now. And, and everybody's going for an offensive hire. Like you very rarely see, you know, a, a defensive hire. You know, Oklahoma – uh, you know, hiring Venables potentially, you know, uh, that would be one. Obviously, when Tennessee hired Jimmy Pruitt, that was a defensive hire. But, you know, I, the way LSU has always been playing as a, as, a, as a program has been defensive. But after two years ago, don't you think they're going to want an offensive guy with, with their hire? I mean, I do. I mean, most, most places want points. And when you can find somebody that can score them, you better hold on to them because, it, you know, it's harder to find than you think it is. Yeah, and I think I think Rob, I think Danny White said it best when he stood up at the podium. You know, there's something to be said for playing an exciting brand of football, even if that means it's a 52-48 game every now and then. There's something to be said for for creating enthusiasm by the style of play. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was at one point in the second. I mean, this is an anomaly because they had a you know a couple of really big plays, but at one point in the second half, Tennessee had 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 the ball twice, had run seven plays midway through the third quarter, averaging 20 yards a play. Yeah. That's fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that, and that's the bottom line it is, is, you know, it is an entertainment, you know, there is an entertainment value to it. I mean, obviously you want to win every game, but um, winning, winning games 17 to 10 or 13 to 10 in this day of college football is just, it's just not, it's just not what it is, you know, and it's why you see rules set up for offenses to be successful and, and to make it harder on defenses. Right. I mean, nobody enjoyed the NFL Sunday night game that was 16 to 10 or 16 to 13 or whatever that thing finished. You know, everybody wants to see people scoring 38 and, and 40 points the way Tennessee has done the, the, the bulk of, of this year. Um, for Tennessee to continue to score, they, they've got to keep the quarterback play going. Um, what's your takeaway from Hendon Hooker's comments post game? In fact, he didn't go through the senior day. I mean, look, everybody's going to read into everything, Rob, but what do you take away from him saying, you know, I'll do something when the time's right. Is that is that that he's really deep diving into making a decision here, or do you think that he just is that, – that, that there'll be news sooner rather than later, I guess? I think he's deep diving. I mean, I think he's going to wait until January. And this is just me. I mean, I'm but just, you know, being around him, he seems very methodical, very meticulous, you know, about the way he approaches playing the position, you know, preparing to play in games. I, I can't imagine that he's not going to – treat a huge decision like this the same way, gather a ton of information. Um, you know, his dad was in the college game. I'm sure he knows, you know, people at, at different levels that, 
they can get feedback from. And then I think he'll wait and, and get a feel from the NFL advisory committee about, you know, where he is, where, where he's viewed draft wise and kind of weigh that against how much he feels like he could improve his stock by coming back and putting up monster numbers in this, <laughs> in this trick offense. Well, all right, Hubs, how would you, or you too, Rob, how would you compare him? Like what NFL guy would you compare Hendon Hooker to? I, mean, I think he's like Josh Dobbs. I think he may be a little bit better passer and and not maybe not quite as explosive as a runner. Hubs. Uh, to to a guy who's on a roster playing. Yeah, I've got my one. I've got my one in mind. I just want to see if if, if you match up. Um, wow, I don't know. That's that's a that's a great question. Who, who do you have in mind? I hadn't really thought about it that way. Well, I'll keep the the fact he came from Virginia Tech. Tyrod Taylor is kind of where I would. You know, throw, uh, similar Ty, throwing motion. Yeah, I would say Tyler. I'd, I'd say Tyrod's a little more explosive athletically, in terms I of. I think he's got a bigger arm too. In terms of some quickness, uh, but that, I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's an interesting pro. It's an interesting thought because it's it, it, you look at the NFL and, and and it's a great question also because it's Hendon Hooker is the next who, right? Sure. Who's the next who is you know the next what i mean he's not the next russell wilson you know i mean he's the next what he's uh, kind of a poor uh, maybe a poor man's jalen hurts i think he throws it a little better than jalen hurts and, and so, doesn't run it as good yeah you know jalen hurts had a hard time you know which i mean because because the nfl has um because the nfl maybe can't doesn't have anybody really to compare him to does that hurt him in the NFL's eyes? I don't know. Um, we'll see. The, the quarterback position is so different. I mean, you're watching Lamar Jackson play there. And I mean, how many balls did he throw underhanded Sunday night? I mean, you know, he, he's – It's a part of his repertoire. Right. I mean, and the, game's, the, the game is so different in, in terms of quarterback play now than, than what it, you know, used to be. And, and so uh, it will be fascinating to see what the NFL thinks of him and where he compares – and where he is slotted, where, where they think he's slotted round-wise and, and what kind of what the pecking order uh, is is for him. Where did Dobbs go? Third, fourth? I think third round. I believe – I think he was a third-round pick of the state. I mean, I think if Hooker gets told that he's a third or fourth-round pick, he's out of here. Yeah, the, the one thing is – and the timing doesn't add up for, for, for Hendon this way. He probably needs the senior bowl to really help his stock. But if he's going to the senior bowl, he's got to make that decision now. You know, you, you can't make the decision for the senior bowl in late January or, or mid early January, you know, because those spots are going to fill up. So um, that, that'll be that, – that's why I wonder about his timing a little bit. But I get the sense that he's going to do a, a deep dive of things. And, and I, I got the sense from Josh Heupel that there's going to be a lot of transparency with Josh Heupel about where it's at. It's not just going to be a recruiting pitch to keep him. Austin, because I mean, his, his quote about, you know, making sure everybody understands what it takes at the next level, but, but, but helping guys make the best decision for them at that time um, is more than just a, Hey, we want you to come back. I thought Cedric Tillman's was much more of, Hey, you, you need to come back here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought that was a little bit more of a harder recruiting pitch by Josh Apple in his post game. Maybe I misread it, but that's the way I took from it. No, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I, you know, they've had conversations, you know, sure. I mean, Jerome Carvin had conversations with, with, with coach Heupel um, already. I mean, they've been talking, uh, you sure. know, and again, it, it's smart for Hendon to do a deep dive just to figure out if, he, if, if nothing else to figure out what he's going to work on. 
I think Tillman's decisions really, you know, unless it's, you know, you're, you're talking about trying to help your family or something. Um, you know, I, I think it's purely predicated on what happens with, with Hendon, you know, I mean, you know, if he doesn't know who's going to be throwing the ball, it's a little bit risky to, you know, come back, you know, if you're a wide receiver, because your, your, your stock may not be as good next year. Whereas if Hendon comes back, you know, it could potentially be as good, if not better, the way he continues to blossom. All right, a couple of things, a couple other things to get to football wise. We'll bounce around here a little bit. Let, let's talk bowl games. But we're I, I've seen Tennessee and the Tax Slayer, the Music City, uh, e- even some with the the Duke Bowl, the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl, and and Charlotte. I've I've believed that it was going to be Nashville or Jacksonville. I kind of still still tend to lead that direction. What do you guys think where Tennessee's at with the bowls? I agree. I think that this is this is uh, – I think Tennessee prefers Jacksonville because I think the administration sees a chance for the fans to get to warmer weather, for the team to get warm to warmer weather. But I think the, the administration is perfectly comfortable in Nashville and is a nice landing spot if Tennessee does not end up in Jacksonville. I think Charlotte's, like, still maybe in it, but, like, they're way down. Like, percentage-wise, I would give that 15%, 20% of happening. The other ones are, you know, way up from there. Rob, if you can get Tennessee, Clemson, and Charlotte, does that change where Charlotte's pecking order is? Would wow, for me. that's that would for me. I mean, I think. I mean, I don't know how fired up Clemson fans. I mean, they would they would really have to travel. So I mean, I think that would be attractive. I think Tennessee fans are going to show up no matter where the balls are. Well, you know, I asked Jerome Carvin that on on the locker room Sunday night. I asked him, you know, are you a are you a destination guy or are you a matchup guy? And he said he wants to go play somebody that's, you know. A traditional blue blood and, 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 you know, go up against a, a quality opponent. That's yes. more so than going to the beach. Yeah. And Kate, and Cade may said that he is, um, is interested in Nashville. He's more of a Nashville guy than, than, than going to going to a Florida bowl. So every, everybody's kind of preferences are different there. I just wonder if you're the sec, is this a year because all those teams are clumped together and the pecking order is not really the pecking order. Do you look at matchups more if you're the SEC trying to slot guys in bowl games than you do in other years? Uh, I mean, don't you think tickets and hotel rooms are at the top of the list? Though? Well, but but I mean, you know, matchups. I mean, does that mean matchups matter more? You know, because look, let's face it, a, a, a seven win. I mean, Tennessee fans are excited at seven wins. Arkansas is excited because they haven't been to a bowl game. How excited is Mississippi State? Or Georgia, or excuse me, or Florida, or LSU, I mean, or Auburn. Not, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, do you, I totally know what you mean. Do you look for a TV matchup there because you realize in some of those games, ticket sales aren't exactly going to be balmy. You know that you know some of those games aren't going to be, you know, draw the, the the biggest crowds out there, which is a bit unusual for the SEC. So I wonder if matchups factor in a little bit more. Um, you know, South Carolina to the to the to the Duke's Bowl makes a lot of sense unless it's Clemson. You know which they're not going to play in a rematch game. So um, where they where they land on the ACC side of things may dictate a little bit uh, of what SEC team ends up in that Charlotte Bowl. So we'll see. Going to be some crazy meetings this week with bowl executives, and certainly a wild Sunday afternoon uh, to try to get all of that slotted out. Uh, all of that's going on. The transfer portal is out of control at this point in time, and recruiting is going on. Um, Austin, we'll start with with the transfer stuff. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, we've said that we think Tennessee would be a factor in, in that. He's he's going in the portal. It's not official, but he's announced that he's in the portal. 
just waiting on the finalization of the paperwork. Feels like Tennessee could be in, um, could be heavily involved there. Other transfers at this point, I think it's too early to say that Tennessee's heavily involved in this guy or that guy. Well, it is, you know, um, I, I think that's, that's pretty accurate. I think Tennessee would, you know, is going to want to be a major player with Jameer Gibbs. We'll see what happens. You know, do, do they, do they, do, do they get a meeting with Zach Evans? You know, do they become a player there? You know, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Obviously Tennessee, would love to add one of those guys from the portal. The big thing is just not adding just just a body, adding a quality body. And and, and players like that are, you know, really, really, really good. So, um, you know, that that's kind of where I'm at is just, you know, you see where it kind of goes. Like, I, you know, there's some there, – I think it was Navy guy 44 um, that brought up Trey Turner's name. Like, if he went in the portal or James Mitchell went in the portal from Virginia Tech, either one of those guys – because they know Hendon, um, they played with Hendon, they've been successful um, where they've been, they would make sense. You know, that that not not every guy makes sense just because they, you know, have a tie to Hypo or whatever, but there are some that make more sense than others. So, you know, if, if some of those Virginia Tech guys went in the portal and Hendon was coming back, to me that would make sense if Hendon jives with them. Again, I have no idea what their, their you know, their camaraderie is, um, but if, if he jived with them, you know, I think obviously Tennessee would be crazy enough to give him a look just because that gives him somebody he knows to throw to. Right. Yeah, what you can't, I was just going to say, you can't pull a Pruitt from three or four years ago and take a bunch of dead weight. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think that's the challenge. Isn't that the challenge, Rob, for, for coaches? Not necessarily dead weight, but it, to sit there and go, how do I balance priority in a transfer versus a high school kid when there's so many guys available out there in a the transfer portal? You've had some success. Do you have to be careful that you, you don't get some fool's gold or, or you're not grasping at something that I think, ultimately end up being unrealistic in, or unhelpful? In, in, in talking to my basketball guys, you know, last spring it was the wild, wild west. You know, the first time for the one-year transfer rule. Everybody's on the general supporters, at, you know, Tennessee going after this guy, this guy, this guy. I bet in the end, I bet they seriously pursued probably less than half a dozen guys. And here's why, because the first question that they ask, I think the first question any good coach asks is, why is that kid leaving? And a lot of times, you know, it's not somebody you want to bring into your locker room. Yeah, it's true. But this year in football, with the carousel going on right now, a lot of guys are leaving because of coaching changes. Um, now, we'll see how many of them follow Lincoln Riley out to Southern Cal and, um, you know, who where LSU lands and, and some of these other things. Uh, it may change some of that. Um, but – you know, some of these guys are leaving just for um, – just because there's a coaching change. I, I think I think the transfer portal – it's going to be interesting to me, bigger picture here, if Lincoln Riley gets ten guys, seven guys, whatever, from Oklahoma, five, six guys from Oklahoma, does the NCAA look at putting some kind of qualifier out there that says basically you can't follow your coach to another school? I, yeah, that, that happens in high school. You know, I happened with uh, Kavoris Crouch in, in Charlotte, Rob. I mean, that's that, because ultimately, like, what's stopping Caleb Williams from going with 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 uh, Lincoln Riley or you know or whatever? Like any player, and I'm just quarterback. It could be any position. Um, it just it's something that I think that won't have it, it won't change in my opinion until you see two or three of these top dominoes fall where it looks just kind of fishy. You know, Rob. You won't see it until the Alabama assistant gets a head coaching job and they have six guys like the program. 
<laughs> maybe i mean you know it's it, it, i know there's a lot of of course every, everybody in oklahoma is angry right now there's a lot of conspiracies out there with the fact that he was recruiting california as much as he has been and has the commits there and i'm not talking about the, the commits but we'll see how many guys follow him out there I mean, don't, don't you think it would be hard to institute that hover I, I mean but we're talking about a place that you know we're talking about it and, and maybe it is now impossible but you know, it's not far removed that you could put a qualifier in that, hey, you can't go play, you know, at a school you're going to play, you know, during your college career and you got to go X number of miles from home and, and some different crazy things like that. I, I think with the one-time transfer and immediate eligibility, I, I think it's hard. But if, if a program's gutted, um, you know, that, that's going to be an eye-opener for some people. If Blue, if Blue Blood gets gutted, that, that, that's going to catch some people's attention. So we'll see. Um, again, I think that's a big picture, not this year, multiple years, potentially moving down the road, something that, that might show up or might not show up. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, I'm bouncing around here. Rob, basketball, Tennessee, uh, did not play very well on Friday. Uh, back at it, you know, in another what looks like to be a tune-up game. What, what do you need to see from this Tennessee team um, on, on Tuesday or later tonight? Um, against a team that they should should manhandle what what's yeah, the... just just a little more consistency and i don't make anything of the tennessee tech game at all because i mean you know kids are off campus no students are there it's a three o'clock game on you know the friday after thanksgiving and i mean that kind of stuff just happens in college basketball i mean that, kids don't play their best every time out especially you know in these games that, that don't have a lot of intensity against a small non-conference school but with as many veterans as they have I think you'd like. I think you'd like to see less of that because I mean they should be kind of like what we saw from the football team on Saturday for the past two weeks. They were, they didn't need a, a crowd, you know, a big crowd, a big opponent, all that to to get up and, and, and play good out of the gate. So, I would just like to see a little more intensity and um, execution early on than, than we saw. And that again, that's just because you know, yeah, Kennedy Chandler's a freshman, but outside of that, everybody else who. Is, is playing big minutes out of the gate has played a lot of basketball for you. How, how, how much butter has the Ziegler kid been than you thought? Uh, a lot. I mean, I, I kind of, Rick, Rick was so high on him in the preseason that I, I, you know, I sort of had some expectations, but he's been that way in the past about, you know, right. some, some guys and it didn't really translate. I mean, a lot of times I think he falls in love with the kid's attitude work ethic and that influences, you know, his, his view of their overall ability but with with Ziegler you know it's pretty legit he didn't shoot the ball great the other day he was one of six but he was still really effective he had four assists 19 minutes I don't think he had a turnover and um the the combo of him and Kennedy I think is is, it's pretty fun to watch yeah and I think you're going to see more and more of that 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 combo as well now what's his rotate what's Barnes rotation going to look like as I don't think he's got it figured out yet do you Uh, I promise you he doesn't he he 100% doesn't I was I mean I like the kid. I don't mean to hate on him, but for I, it'd be hard to justify giving Kennedy Ch- or um, Victor Bailey twenty minutes a game, like, like he's getting right now. And I guess part of that was because Powell was out on Friday. He's ill, but um, when, when Justin Powell's back, it, it would be hard for me to play Victor Bailey that much. And I'd like I'd like to see a little more Brandon Huntley Hatfield personally. He played twenty minutes on um, Friday. I, I could I could stand to see that number go up. We'll see what Tennessee's basketball team looks like if they start a game and play uh, the, a first half of a basketball game against a team that they're supposed to manhandle the way that 
they should play it. That, that I think that's what Rick Barnes, as Rob meant, you mentioned, is looking for uh, tonight. We'll see if Tennessee can can line up and, and play that way um, uh, against a team that they should should certainly handle uh, for sure. Um, again, I'm bouncing around uh, all over the place here. Um, back, back to the, the coaching stuff. Uh, it feels like that, that Josh Heupel is down the list at Oklahoma, if he's on the list at all at, at this point. Are you surprised that Heupel hasn't said anything um, th- th- about about the Oklahoma job? You, you know, you know, I, I, if he says something, then like it makes it look like you know, I don't There's know, like there. It, you know, if I said, guys, I'm not going to ESPN, <laughs> everybody'd laugh you out of the room. You know, no one's hiring you at ESPN. It's one of those catch 22s. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that if you don't want to give it too much credence, but you also don't want it to hurt you out there with schools going, hey, so did you see that? He might go to Oklahoma. Why are you looking at Tennessee? You know, I mean, like, it's one of those balancing acts. And if he's not being contacted and Tennessee fans are just making a tempest in a teapot, then he looks pretty pompous from, you know, from the Oklahoma side. You know, that, you know we know you're not coming here. We haven't called you. Right. Yeah, so we'll see what where Oklahoma but, lands. Obviously, a lot of Brent Venables. On, 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 in that vein, how brilliant was Lincoln Riley post game the other night, assuring everybody he was not going to be the head coach at LSU. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. He didn't lie. Um, Austin, let's let's deep dive into recruiting here and talk about Tennessee uh, out on the road. Josh Heupel, a couple of in home visits to get the week started. Elijah Herring, that's a pretty good one to make. His brother's pretty good too. Uh, get that one going, and, and then obviously out in Memphis as well. Um, not surprising to me that that he's worked in-state out to start this week. Is it you? No, I mean, he, even when he went out on the road during, during the football season, he was going out in-state. So, um, you know, not, not surprised at all to see him start here. Elijah Herring, then Cody Jones, and Cam Miller uh, on Monday. And so um, – the Cody Jones thing, Tennessee's trying to battle Michigan there. Michigan's made a push after Tennessee kind of surged. And then, of course, you know, uh, Michigan's big win last week doesn't necessarily help things. Um, you know, so that that obviously, you know, is something that Tennessee's going to have to battle over the next, you know, couple of weeks as Tennessee tries to get him in for an official visit uh, potentially this weekend um, and then, you know, land him come uh, a week and a half from now. What, what do we think? I know the official visit list is not done. What, what do we think? Three, four this weekend, something like that. Five. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a chance. You know, Mba, the the kid. Uh, you know, um, the from Juco France. The yeah, I mean, you know, you're looking at maybe a couple of JUCO DBs. Um, you know, Walter Nolan potentially. Um, you know, just just different uh, different names that'll be bannered about, and we'll see. You know, sometimes these things get pushed back a week. Um, and then some guys that potentially could be trying to go next weekend and getting pushed into this weekend. So early in the week to uh, deep dive it too much. Yeah, certainly is the case. I mean, balancing that we talked about the transfer portal, balancing those things. Um, you've mentioned running backs, uh, the need for running backs. Does, does the high school running back uh, recruitment change? If you could, if if Tennessee could get a Gibbs or an Evans, does that change a lot of what they're doing running back recruiting, or is, is not necessarily that much? No, I mean Justin Williams is going to be if Justin Williams wants in, he he's going to be in, um, and then Tennessee could go in the portal for another back, or could go the high school route ranks for another back. But ultimately, uh, 
you know, uh, I think Tennessee's at least taken two more backs, three total. Yeah, three total. In the, that's what I was getting at, three total in, in this class when, when, when all said and done. Um, some people have asked about a couple names. The Caldwell kid from up in, in Michigan, does that feel like Michigan State with the success they've had, Tennessee not trending there as much as they were early well, and, on? And, yeah, and then he's a candidate to visit uh, potentially this weekend. Okay, um, so not done there for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly feels like there's less traction there now. Tim Banks is, is, is still swinging, um, but it feels like there's less traction. But, again, he gets back down here for a visit. All that can change. But it feels like Tennessee's got a, a, a good bit of a good bit of momentum because of the success that they've had on the field and getting some kids. I mean, you got the Joseph kid. you got Harrison in uh, on Monday night to, 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 die, to jump in. Yes. Know, it feels like there's a little bit of juice rolling in Tennessee's favor. They got a little, get a, got a little more life about them in recruiting than what they'd had. That's 100% correct. Where, where, where is the, the priorities obviously remain on defense for, for Tennessee, pass rushers, secondary? Yeah. Secondary, um, pass rushers, if they could get the right kind of linebacker, they would go that route. Um, you know, on offense, they would take a running back or two, take uh, Caleb Webb, they can get him the wide receiver from McKeaton down in Atlanta. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of it right now. A lot of moving parts, though. Lots of things going on. Obviously, you got a lots of things going on on the coaching front around the country. That could change things. The transfer portal changing things by the hour, it seems like, as well. So uh, it's the dawn of a new day in the month of December. When everybody thinks everything's done, you know, kind of in a nice little bow, there's a lot of wrinkles to jump out um, as, as coaches are on the road here with visits coming up and obviously all the potential news of the transfer portal. We'll continue to follow all of it for you. Uh, we'll give you all the updates we can on where Tennessee's been, uh, who's coming in, who's expected to come in, how those visits went. Uh, you know how we cover recruiting on the site. We're going to continue to cover it that way, even as, as chaotic as it might be. We're going to cover it like crazy. Uh, the big quarterback Tennessee had in, I'm not going to mention his name. I, even though that's a year ahead from now, you, you are hearing Tennessee kind of mentioned with some more bigger-name kids in the 23 class, higher-ranked kids, Austin even on both sides of the ball when, when you yeah. look at things. Yeah, obviously, you know, it helps that, they, you know, Caleb Herring has been up here 400 times with <laughs> Elijah. Um, you know, but, I mean, you, you look at him on defense. You look at Carnell Tate that was in this weekend, had a really good time, the kid from IMG. Um, Nico obviously had a, had a phenomenal time and will be back. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, t- Tennessee is more of a factor in 23. Um than they were in 22, just based off of the length of the relationships that they've been able to cultivate since Josh Heupel and this staff have been here. And then they're still swinging on some 22s. I mean, they've not give up hope on some kids and they're, they're still swinging and, you know, we'll see where it goes. Yep. Getting Victor Burley in last week to, for the, for the Vanderbilt game, the That's right. three big time, big time defensive lineman from the state of Georgia uh, was big for Rodney Garner and big for that side of the ball as well. So we'll, co- we'll cover all that for you and keep you up to date on everything that is going on, all things Tennessee football, basketball, and obviously recruiting. That's going to do it for this edition of the Smoky Mountain Organics VolQuest.com podcast. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest.